Welcome to Radical Australia, community radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. This program is broadcast on community radio station 3CR 855 on your AM dial. My name is Joseph Toscano and today, for the first time in, in my life, I'm interviewing a Pope. I have interviewed men and women of God previously, but I've never interviewed a Pope Hello, Pope Fred. G'day, Dr. Joe. Well, it's good that we've both got titles, isn't it? Pope Fred and Dr. Joe, but mine's real. I've got a doctorate of medicine from Melbourne University. Where did your pope, pope, popehood come from? Well, my popehood's just as valid as the one in the Vatican, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, there you go. How long have you been hallucinating for? Uh, at least 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> yeah, right. maybe, maybe 25. Pope Fred. Pope Fred. That hasn't got a good ring to it. Is it Pope Fred the first? Pope Fred the fourth? What is it? It's just plain old Pope Fred. Eight pope, letters. Pope, pope Fred. All lowercase. Now, 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 as you're a pope, and as we've just had Easter, if I take off my shoes, will you wash my feet? Uh, we do it the other way around in the Discordian Church. Uh, we get our feet washed by people. I'm supposed to wash your feet? Well, you don't have to, but if you You, wanted to... You're the Pope. You're supposed to wash my feet. What's going on here? Uh, It's a different sort of Popedom. What's the difference? Aren't you God's representative on earth? Um, I'm not under the authority of the authorities. Discordianism. It's it's started up by some of the hippies and yippies in the 60s. Well, I don't think it would start off by the... Hippies, it'd be more likely a yippie thing, wouldn't it? Yes, it was very much the yippies. Yeah, yeah the yippies. Well, tell us about it. Discordianism. Well, discordianism, uh, some guys were sitting down and thinking about how, you know, the world looked and what, what you should be worshipping and stuff like that. And they decided, well, rather than worship some uh, old white man uh, with a white beard in the cloud, maybe we should be worshipping an insane woman. Mm. And uh, so they looked back, looked back through history and said, mm. well, Back in history, there were actually uh, people, the Greeks, the ancient Greeks, worshipped a goddess called Eris, mm. goddess of chaos and discord, mm. also known as Discordia by mm. the uh, by mm. the Romans. And so they sort of thought, well, as far as we can see the way the world's going, Discordianism seems to be the way to go. So they decided that they would all be Discordians mm. and they would all become popes. Right. And Equal opportunity popedom. them. And uh, are you descended biologically from one of these hippie unions? I don't know. My descent, my descent is very, very murky, mate. Including details off to one side or another, you know. Well, so what year were you born, Pope Fred? Sixty-four. Sixty-four, and uh, you know nothing about your parents. No, I no. haven't. I, I, I do have a very strong indication to have some indigenous blood, right. but I was adopted, and I was adopted through. Uh, a particular welfare agency, which might be considered to be slanderous to talk about. Right. But yes, I was adopted at birth and taken from my uh, parents. Parents. Yeah. And uh, have you ever had that desire to uh, uh, chase this up? Or have you decided I have like- looked into it, and mm. the closest I got to was a halfway house for um, women and stuff like that, and right. uh, didn't even get a firm name mm. or anything like that because of the right. way that records work conveniently for the state. That was in Melbourne, was it? This is in South Australia. South Australia. Yeah. So they had cha- chaotic records on purpose, basically. 
I would say it's interesting how many of the records were lost or burnt during the uh, mm. 70s when yes. some people were getting a little bit more worried about the uh, the situation with the adoptions That's and the forced right. uh, stuff like that. And it is interesting how many of them, as I say, were lost or burnt when I was looking into it in the 80s. It's quite interesting. I've got a, so I've got a patient who was born in 1964 in Adelaide who was uh, adopted out. And she had exactly the same problem trying to find out anything about her biological parents. So mm. it's something which, during that, as you said, during that period occurred. Do you feel cheated by that? or I've had to come to grips with a whole heap of things in my life. Mm. Um, apparently, according to my psychological evaluation, the some of my concerns have to do with the way I was adopted and the lack of knowledge of stuff like that. Mm. However, it doesn't, doesn't bother me in everyday life. I do have some strange identity issues in that every now and again the bank asks me why I don't have a birth certificate or things like that. But, um, yeah, most of the time I, I basically, yeah, just mm. doesn't seem to impinge very much nowadays, no. Mm. And generally, what was, was your childhood uh, difficult or um, pretty straightforward? I got straight brought forward? up by a nice white middle-class family and I got right. a lot of privilege from that. Mm-hmm. I've got to say that they treated me as well as anybody could be expected to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, there was some psychological distancing and things like that that, have been attributed to my adoption. Uh, but uh, no, 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 I, I was treated fairly well. You know, it wasn't mm, an abusive mm. thing or anything like no, that. So you treated very well. Well, for that period, you, yeah. you, you did very well. I got all the material needs a, a, a boy could want, I'd say. Right, yeah. right. Were you, were you an only child in that family? No, I had another adopted sister, um, but she was adopted from another family than the one that I was adopted from. So right. she said, oh, Pope God is calling Pope Fred. Do you, do you want to talk to her? No, it was turned off. I turned it off. No, 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 no. That was a phone, unless I'm hallucinating, auditory hallucinations. Yep. That was a phone. Yes, And was. I assume she's... I do not know how it called. I assume the God of Discord is... Yes, had to, is, had to intrude. Had to she intrude. Because that's why it's Discord. That's, that's why I discordant. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we don't, we don't miss anything on this program. Just remember that, Pope Fred, we miss nothing. No, yet. no, Yeah, no. I know about you discordant people. I know about you. I've learned about you. The police told me about your type. Well, yeah, indeed. Now, you, you've got a, a cop in your head, haven't you, or something? Yes. Uh, I have a, a rap, that I, my most recent rap, and I performed it at the punk picnic um, about the killing the cop in your head, yes. Well, but are there still punks left in Melbourne? Uh, well, yeah, I assume so. Some of them look pretty punk. <laughs> I'll tell you, you don't worry about whether they look punk or not. Take a whiff. A whiff. Yeah. A whiff. Yeah. It's a whiff. Because some people say punk is dead, but it only smells that way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, do you want to regale Yes. I mean, this discordant business has got me. The fact that she's got the audacity to ring while I, me, Joseph Toscana, is interviewing you. What does she think? She's some goddess or something? She thinks she's the goddess of chaos, and she used to be, well, they used to uh, swear oaths to her. Right, all right. And she comes into some of the um, more traditional mythologies. Uh, she was the person who made Pandora's box mm. and uh, was also involved in the War of Troy. Um, Pope Fred, she just lighted up again. I'm a bit concerned. What's going on here? She just lighted up. Is she after me? Am I, am it's I, off. I, can see it's off. I tell you, I tell you I've got auditory and visual hallucinations from this woman, this goddess. That's get, what happens. That's yeah, what happens. That's getting what happens. back to Adelaide, what was Adelaide yeah. like for a young boy in the uh, 60s and early 70s? What was primary school boring. like? Uh, boring. Boring? And given that I was queer, very scary in some cases. Well, when did you realise you were queer? 
Um, when I was around about 30 sometime, I think. Well, then how did you know you were queer? When you were That's exactly the problem, though, Joe. When you have no role models and no other things to see and base what is queerdom on, mm. you don't know. For instance, when I was young, I thought it meant that you had to like Julie Garland. And I'm not joking or trying to be funny. And I really didn't like Julie Garland particularly. And so, well, was well, I really queer? Why not? Oh, no, I don't like that music at all. Not at all? Yeah. Next, you're going to tell me you don't know who Margaret Roadnight is. Who? who? <laughs> I knew it. This, 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 is, this is not my type of interview. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, primary school. Primary school? Were you pushed around? Or I was bullied, in fact, in primary school. I was bullied quite badly. It's interesting you just came out with that, too. Um, yes, I was bullied quite badly in primary school. Um, I felt happy to get to high school where I was... So, so why were you bullied in primary school? Because people, because you were adopted? Because... Uh, many things, I think, because I didn't fit in because I was adopted. And mm. also, uh, I know this sounds strange, but the majority of people at my school were, in fact, from uh, uh, Mediterranean-type backgrounds and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I was the only skip as yep. they called us, That's right. in the class in many cases. Well, um, no wonder you're bullied, man. Me being a wog, I understand about you skip boys. and yep. you, We needed our revenge, all right? <laughs> and it started early because we were... You know, it's the old story, isn't it? Yep. It's the old story. You push somebody around and then they push somebody else around. It comes out in the worst possible places, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I went to a good high school. Um, yeah. What was the high school called? High school was Urbre. It's an agricultural high school mm-hmm. and consistently came very high in science. And I was already interested in science at that time in my life. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that was a good school. Um, you don't often get schools that have their own autopsy tables, for example. Uh, what, for human beings? Well, actually for horses and cows and things like that. But oh, yes, right. had the proper dra- you know, the draining taps yeah, and things yeah, like that yeah, yeah. and the mirror over the top. You're so. a, you just took me back to 1972 when I was carving up this poor old woman on an autopsy table at University of... Uh, Queensland, when I was in my, what, second, no, third year medical degree, we had this wizened old lady, and there were six of us around her, and we spent a year carving her up. Did you spend a year carving up a horse? Uh, no, we, we did see a couple of uh, horse autopsies, mm-hmm. witnessed them first, well, one in particular, and a couple of cows, and we also had to do our own um, chicken chicken uh, autopsies and things like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, we had, why, why did you go to an agricultural high school? Uh, it was mainly because it had the science facilities. Mm-hmm. And when I was when I was fishing around for which schools, high schools I wanted to go to, um, that school, as I said, had its own autopsy table, had its own bees, had things like pigs and stuff like that. It was right. a very interesting school. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say it was a very good school. Um, mm-hmm. It's associated with the Waite Agricultural Institute in South Australia as well. So we had all sorts of facilities that most high schools didn't have. Right. Is there any teacher you'd like to mention in a positive aspect? <laughs> Tell me it was a very um, good high school. I think there were a lot of very good teachers because they were, had the choice of teachers that went there. Hmm. Um, I'd say that, uh, well, Mr Easton was very, very formative as far as a biology teacher. Um, he let me do as much biology as I wanted, so that was hmm. good hmm. for me. Hmm. So, I could take that a lot of ways, but I'm not yes. going to go down that way. I'm not going down that path. No. <laughs> now, Pope Fred, do you actually graduate from an agricultural high school? I matriculated. That's yes. what, we, what we did back then when they had matriculation. Mm-hmm. And I did get a, eventually get a um, degree from uh, Flinders University. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You are an adopted lad, go through primary school, bullied by us wogs, get to high school, excel... And you actually get to university. What year is yeah. this? Uh, so that was 
three, mm-hmm. I finished my uh, my um, degree. What was your degree? Uh, biology, biology, yeah, human biology. Yeah. What you were? Dissecting? I didn't. I didn't get good enough marks to get into into medicine, right. and I was basically going a side route into pathology at the time. Uh, what's what's this fascination with the dead? You're not a necrophiliac, are you? No, no. I mean, no. Well, I'm very interested in life and death, right? And I think that although I was brought up as a Christian, one of the things learning about biology um, was one of the things that challenged a whole heap of that sort of stuff and helped to challenge my worldview mm. and helped to break me away from some of the uh, well Christian superstitions that uh, are mm. around. You know. So, so what was was it the the reality that um, biology throws up? In contrast to the mythology that religion is based on, that you found interesting. Or? Yes, and it is also that in many ways cells, which to many people are magical, mm. are really just very intricate mechanisms. Mm. Um, I remember finding that out a couple of times, and uh, it really having a real impact on me. Um, basically, you know, the Golgo apparatus interacts with the uh, endoplasmic reticulum and all these other words that I should just realised, are not very good for radio. They're, they're excellent for radio because okay. we have a very intelligent audience. Yes, okay. I mean, they, they actually can spell more than three three letters. DNA. Yeah, um, exactly. So, okay. All right, all right. Here's a trick question. Okay. DNA, what does it stand for? Deoxyribonucleic acid. Who discovered it? Well, well, either Crick or Rosalind Franklin. Yeah. And I'm more on the side of Rosalind Franklin because she's the one who actually got the shape right, yeah. whereas the two fellas were... Um, uh, sniffing around a bit before they worked it out. All right. Now, so, when I was a young lad, I was told that DNA was constant. You tell me the latest philosophy. So. Well, that's that's it. We've got all sorts of things that happen with DNA. It's a far more complex molecule and system that's going on than mm. we know. Partly, this explains why viruses are so difficult to get rid of and how they can be so complex. Um, so I'm not up with all the latest stuff because I no longer study the situation, but mm. I, I do listen to the science show and things like that on the radio when I can, mm. uh, and podcasts, and I keep up with it. And it is in- incredibly interesting what can be done with uh, things like uh, CRISPR and stuff like that, how simple it might seem. Yeah. And then we've got to ask the real difficult question is, what do we want to do with it? Exactly. Could you explain to the uninitiated about CRISPR? CRISPR is a simple way of slicing out bits of DNA and slicing and gluing in other bits of DNA. Um, although people might have thought it was simple in the past when they talk about genetic mm-hmm. engineering, it was never that simple. Now it is literally you can cut and paste. That's right. And you can cut and paste virtually anything. And so all those fears about tomatoes and um, fish and what could be done with human beings, those fears are now real. And we're going to have to deal with them on an mm, mm. you know, ethical basis. Now, Pope Fred, you know, I know you and Lucifer aren't on the best of terms. Could I actually be crisped and grow horns and a tail? You couldn't do it because uh, you'd have to do it to the embryonic form. Mm. So that's beyond it at the moment. But they are talking about using viruses that they can then use the CRISPR application in their viral structure. So mm. I could give you a disease... And the result of the disease is that, yes, you would end up growing horns. And a tail? Possibly a tail. Possibly. So you're telling me Brave New World is here now. Exactly, and that is true, and this is why we have to get our ethics on board. Ethics? 
ethics, yes. <laughs> oh, Who come on, Pope Fred, you're a discordant. <laughs> Do discordants have ethics? Uh, well, it depends. I have anarchist ethics. But you're, a dis- you're, either, you're either an anarchist or a discordant, because anarchism is about order. Government is uh, chaos. Now, anarchism is, is order. Anarchism refer to anarchism as natural order, and I support the idea of chaos evolving into natural order, mm. and I'm fully up with that. That's really fine by me. But I think that um, I'm not into the whole... There's, there's a version of anarchism, you know, more anarcho-syndicalist in its, in its, in its tendencies that talk about high, that, well, not talk about hierarchies. Sorry, I shouldn't be so nasty. They seem to talk about a, a single, monolithic type of society. Mm. I'm not interested in that. Uh, for one, I don't want to, I don't want to put forward what my idea of the future will be because, like Emma Goldman and uh, Oscar Wilde before her, I think that plans made today cannot apply to people in the future. Mm. We have to flatten out the structure. So I am um, uh, an insurrectionary anarchist. I believe that we have to destroy the basis of capitalism and we have to let new people with their own ideas build afresh. And if that means it's going to be balkanised, if that means it's going to be discordant and, and disparate, fine. Because I think the main job for anarchists is to try and get rid of the situation we've got at the moment. And I know that some people like to have plans, they like to say, where are we going, Rick? And I say... Excuse me, who's this Rick fellow? Your Pope, Fred. What's going on here? Have we, have we got a split personality? Well, we've got many personalities. I mean, what's this? Uh, look, I'm a bit confused here. Pope, Fred. Pope Fred. Are, are you an imposter? Is yes, Rick, I am an imposter. Is, is Rick talking to me? Anyway, they say, where are we going? And I say, to a better place. To a better place. And yeah, I, right, don't, right, I don't care right, where that is right. as long as it's a typical better place. Pope, t- typical Pope garbage. We're going to a better place. One with the Godhead. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah, let's get back to your life, not this yeah. philosophical mumbo-jumbo. Yeah. All right, you leave university. What yeah. are you, 23, 24, 20? Uh, I was 23. So what happens to a, a young man well, with a biological degree? Who's well, in got... university, I discovered politics. Um, politics. Yes, anarchist politics. In Adelaide, in Flinders University? At Flinders University. It was a rife, rife with anarchist, anarchists in many ways. Was it? And yeah. the anarchists I, I, found, I fell in with yeah. were particular fans of a, of a book called the Illuminatus Trilogy. Mm. Which is uh, a yippy, sort of a yippy Bible mm. in many ways, and uh, has a wide variety of different sorts of anarchists. So, for instance, they have anarcho syndicalists and anarcho individualists, right wing libertarians, and all this mm. sort of stuff in mm. the book. Mm. And I think the idea that there could be different types of anarchism, even, is what made me want to be an anarchist. You know, well, have course, good times. Of course, and, there are different types. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, I like to break down anarchism to its basic. DNA and its basic DNA is without rulers. Without, that's right. That, exactly. that, that's that's the basis of it, obviously. Now let's get back to you. So, yep. what? Forget about the politics. Yeah, I, okay. I want to know how did you earn a crust? I worked as a part-time. Uh, well, one I was on welfare for some of it. No, excuse me. Excuse me, Pope Fred. This is the type of stuff I expect from your religious nuts. Yeah. We never use the word welfare oh, yes, in do. any conversation. You yeah. are on social security benefits. Yes. You're part of our society. People like me and Kelly is producing, we've struggled for generations. We've been around for generations to ensure that people like you yeah. get the base, well, the very, well, 
It's Almost, not, that's and it. That's it. We get a pap, yeah. Because the this term welfare has got so many negative it connotations. Seem, right. So we say social, because it's a social security system. Yes, on the social. But First of all, I got I got to remind sorry. you what your name is, because yeah. you brought in that Rick fellow into the conversation, and now you're using the word welfare. I don't even know if he's an anarchist, Kelly. No, but no, go I've, on. I've got to look and just notice. Sorry, what, what did you just notice? I've got a little anarchy. A just uh, anyway. Um, that doesn't make you an anarchist. It? it could be an arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> I think both can be combined, actually, if you must know, Joe. I mean, I A in many... a circle. Look, I, I know many people think the A in the circle, the uh, modern anarchist symbol, it's only from 64. Yeah. You realise that? Obviously, you know that. Uh, I thought Proudhon put the A in the circle for no. anarchy equals order. No. No, no, it wasn't no, 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 no. It was a 64 from the, from the uh, Milan anarchists. Oh, yeah. Well, they claim they actually invented it. But getting back, so yep. Social Security benefits and what else part-time? Uh, as a lab technician. Lab technician. Yeah, so I was putting to, to my, my um, education to work already. I uh, worked at a couple of interesting places like Adelaide Uni and mm-hmm. Wade Institute and the IMVS and eventually here at Walton Lies Hall Institute. Right, so um, what, so when did you come across to Melbourne? I came across, I was having difficulty getting full-time work and having some interesting situations with where my identity was at, mm. and I came to Melbourne and found it to be basically the place for me. This is back in the early 80s. Right. Uh, no, sorry, mid-80s. Yeah. yeah. I remember Adelaide, for somebody who was queer, was really difficult. They still have the, um, what is it, the provoke, pro- provoke assault um, mm. laws. Do they? Yes. Uh, I mm. thought that that had been eliminated. It's actually been, what do they call it? They don't use it, mm. apparently, but mm. it's still on the books. Mm. So mm. you can basically beat someone up for claiming they hit on you, which yeah. Yeah. is uh, yeah. Yeah. pretty... Yeah. It's, it was removed here about a year ago. We had it to about in Victoria. Really? Yes, yeah, well... It was still there. I remember there was a famous case in 2016 where uh, somebody stabbed... A neighbour to death and then burnt him, and he used that defence and got manslaughter. And that's what that was the case which actually removed that uh, provoking. Yeah. Mm. But I'm talking more, it was quite very physically dangerous for gay people in Adelaide in the 70s and 80s. Yep. Many died in the Torrens. Yes. Uh, and you were living in that environment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, this is what was it like? What was it like living in that environment? Well, I didn't know I was well, – the big thing was not knowing that you're queer mm. and having feelings and expectations and things like that that you don't know and can't understand because mm. you see no examples of what queerness can be. Mm. You see no examples of where you're at. You can think that, for instance, chasing women is what you're supposed to do as a young boy. Mm. Chase the women and then not – well, what do you do? You know what I mean? You're not – Yeah. It's – what do you do? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, a cup of tea. Well, exactly. So I did have, end up having some – quite good female friends, but didn't understand exactly where I was at. Mm. I think when I came to Melbourne and I got a chance to explore things, well, for instance, I, a bit of, if you know what I looked like, you'd see that I was a bit of a burly bear, didn't even understand that that could exist. And so, yeah, when I came to Melbourne, uh, that was a, big, bit on, of a bigger hang on, scene. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Pope Fred. I'm, yep. I'm confused. You're telling me there's various types of anarchism. Now, and various types of gays. Yeah, exactly, oh, yes. exactly. Oh, it's a new world. <laughs> it's a new world. So why did you come to Melbourne? It was mainly the politics, but it was also it also had to do with um, being, having my identity. Well, the, the anarchist scene kind of co- disappeared in Adelaide. 
there was no real anarchist, proper no. anarchist scene in, in Adelaide. There was a punk scene yeah, yeah. that was really struggling to be particularly political, and there was no real um, anarchist scene in Adelaide at the time, no. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a few people that called themselves anarchists that would go to demos and do stuff, but it wasn't anything like we had, had in Melbourne with right. a number of different groups. Yeah. So going back to Adelaide, yep. uh, did you do anything radical you're willing to talk about? Uh... Uh, yeah, I used to put up posters. That's where I started my obsession of putting up posters. I did. I was involved in the student movement um, right. and the, trying to maintain mm. free, free education. Mm. Uh, so that's one of the major things I was doing in Adelaide. Uh, I also got involved in the apartheid movement. Um, it was one, one thing the church seemed to allow us to protest um, because the Anglicans were opposed to apartheid as well, although more moderately opposed. And I was asked, that was really the apartheid movement was the first real movement I got involved in, and that was in Adelaide. And when I came over here, um, we had well big demos, a uh, lot of protest. Shell was being protested and actively boycotted and things like that. Um, so that's that's how I first got involved and met some anarchists uh, over here. Uh, that were involved in the anti-apartheid stuff. Well, let's, let's go back. So what year did you get here? Uh, it was 87, I've been sh- yeah. lobbed up here for longer term. You realise you realise that it's people like you and me has actually fertilised radical activism in this city. It's all us refugees. Yes. <laughs> You're a refugee <laughs> from South Australia, yeah. I'm a refugee from Queensland. And what happens when we get here? They love us. <laughs> they love us. So who who were did you were you still on social security benefits when you got down here or were you kind no, of no I was I was, uh, work, I was working full time uh, a couple of places building sites there's a lot more work in Melbourne too yeah, for, for, there was for, yeah. a lot more work um, usually couldn't go without a job um, and I could usually pick and choose and stuff like that uh, ended up in the public service uh, well you passed the public service exam yeah 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 unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, it was basic. Well, they were wanting people with tertiary degrees, yeah. um, and basically, it didn't matter. With I had my tertiary degree was in, in biology. Doesn't help with filing paperwork, yeah. but for some reason, that meant that I was eligible for. Uh, well, I was eligible to go for the test in the first place, yeah. and I did pass the test. Most of it was pretty easy. Ah, it's pretty easy. But but getting back to it, so public yeah. service, Victoria. What can you tell us? What department, or you prefer not to? Uh, I was working for a Labor Party construction called the National Crime Authority, just across the road in uh, East Melbourne. Ah, uh, uh, yes, and that 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 I was interested in going into that because. Um, it had to do with trying to find out the conspiracy because basically about conspiracy, so it was anti-police stuff. And there was some anti-union stuff, as you might know. Pandas and Dockers were, in, were all in that. And uh, we were going after the big fish rather than the little fish um, and stuff like that, although it was the wrong move for me in general uh, because it did rub with my politics eventually the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did end up, uh, well, leaving under a fair amount of stress. from uh, I rose up to being... a I uh, see my management position it gave me too much stress, too many other things going on, dealing with the police um, who I'd had negative experiences with before, had more negative experiences as well, working with them uh, side by side, and that I found to be a bit of a problem, very problematic for me. Hmm. Yeah. So what does the National Crime Authority do? It's supposed to look for, it's supposed to look for conspiracies that act across, well, I don't know what it, does today but then it does nothing today it got dissolved it was made up by well basically it was made up by the labor party as a tool to hit some various liberal concerns that's 
my analysis of what it was about. Right. Because the people that were in charge were also always Labor Party hacks or mm. had Labor Party connections. connections yeah. And basically, once the Liberal Party got in, so this isn't this isn't the, this isn't the Commonwealth uh, National Crime Authority. It was the Commonwealth National Crime Authority. Yes. Right. It was. Uh, yep. Just across, as I say, it used to be just across next next to the Master Builders Association. Yep. yep. I wouldn't be allowed to say that when I was working there because it was all. Hush, 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 hush. And yeah. top secret and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but since it's been dissolved, I can say what I like. I, I yeah. so, so were you asked? Were you giving marching orders? Or you marched out yourself. Uh, a lot of, eventually, some situations happened between myself, um, what was going on with the union because I was a union representative as well, and what was going on with political information. So, for instance, when they they decided to go through a process of positive vetting rather than normal, like, uh, normal. Um, public service thing was just about to show that you weren't the wrong sort of person mm. you then had to show you were the right sort of person yeah and they for instance asked me who i talked to about political matters mm. they asked me who i gave political stuff to and i would not answer those questions um that, that caused uh, well extra stress on me at the time and i end up going i end up well end up in the uh lunatic asylum in royal park well i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go yeah. back one step yes sorry who were you talking to uh, no, well, I was I was talking to people as we were allowed yes. freedom freedom of speech and association. Yes. yes, and I would and I, at the time I was I was an insurrectionist, mm. but I was not necessarily um, doing I, anything. You know, no, you're an intellectual insurrectionist, an armchair insurrectionist. And we're yeah. allowed. To Somebody be, would have to uh, light a fire under your chair for you to get out of it. And I, I know time, the yeah. type. Yeah. We call them armchair armchair anarchists. They're uh, armchair. <laughs> They're the greatest. They're the greatest. They're the biggest anarchist mob in the world. You know that. Yeah. yeah. You know, we 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 look at the nineteen thirty six uh, Spanish Revolution, <laughs> what happened on the fifth of July or the seventh of September, and then we make these important dissertations about that uh, period. And if we were there, we could have done it better, the correct way. You know the ones I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. A lunatic asylum. I was um, uh, are you, committed. Are you, happy, are you happy to talk about that or not? Uh, some aspects of it, yes. Yeah, but, but who committed you and why? My, I was, uh, I went, I had a psychotic episode right. as part of my stress to do with um, the mm. public service and mm. went, well, wandering through Melbourne in my suit and tie and things like that for a good week right. um, and ended up, uh, ended up being committed. Unfortunately, my next of kin at the time felt that that was appropriate, so... Mm. Got to stay in there for a while until I could get the appeals process all happening for me. Right. So I was there for. So how how difficult was the appeals process at the time? It was in because you they can put you on any drugs you want. At the time, you could only get an hour on the phone at the most. Um, Sometimes they they interpreted that as being one phone call. So you could try one psychiatrist, and that's your go for the day. It was incredibly difficult, and I don't know how anybody who. would be would have been more affected by the drugs than myself ever gets through it. I mean, uh, I had a difficult enough time. I was on a variety of drugs. They were trying different drugs at different times. So I was always under some sort of fog and, you know, uncertainty. Mm. Mm. Uh, whilst I was in there, I had ECT. Yet again, that doesn't do the most for your intellectual coherence. And the, the, you, yeah. you, you didn't have a psychiatric history before the breakdown? I had a... a no, I didn't, did, didn't have any illness registered. No. But I did have... You know, I was... Periods. Yeah, yeah. Periods. But I'm saying you hadn't been admitted anywhere. No, no, no. But you get forcefully admitted. What year was this? 
So that was 80... No, sorry, that was 91. 91. You get forcefully admitted, a hospital yep. here in, in Melbourne. Yep. You get drugs, you get ECT, you got limited access to the... Just like that, bang. Yep. Just like that. So well, well, what used to be able to happen to you when you're crazy, it can still happen hmm. because the nets, the, the, the sorry, the holes in the uh, safety net are really wide. Yeah. Uh, I know that more recently when I've been a lot better and a lot more healthy, I, I dropped through the, the safety net yet again um, when I was between homelessness, mm-hmm. uh, homelessness and, and trying to get myself sorted like that. You just have to miss one appointment and uh, there you go. Mm. You're out in the street. Yeah. So you got to the appeal process. Yeah. What happened at the appeal process? I was... Fortunate in that I eventually uh, got hold of a um, psychiatrist who's appeared to support me uh, and support my appeal. And, um, yeah, Dr. Dr. Goldblum, uh, interestingly enough, he's an Orthodox uh, Jewish rabbi Mm -hmm. who I thought I wouldn't necessarily get on well, but he was very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interestingly enough, that introduced me to some of the Orthodox uh, opposition to Israel. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, and that was in- very interesting, you know, because he had his own op- he had his own opinions. Let's get back to yeah, the so, appeal. Yes, yeah, so you know, you're you're in that I'm interviewing you. Yes, you are. Okay, indeed. so you are you answer the question. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I'm interested in this concept because yeah. there is an appeal process. Yes, you have to but find, it's, have but to it's find exceptionally least, difficult. Yeah, yes, it is. Ex- well, you have to find at least one psychiatrist who is prepared to oppose another psychiatrist's. Um, opinion. So that's difficult for a start, and even then it won't, won't necessarily go through depending on how skillful your psychiatrist is mm. um, and what, what, what methods they can bring to bear. Um, so I think I was lucky in that they were having difficulty with me um, assessing me anyway in some ways. Um, so they but, couldn't actually put a label on you, like it was schizophrenic, diff- uh, manic depressive, they just couldn't put a label? No. I was right. supposedly I was supposedly clinically depressed, mm. but I actually ha- was well. A further later diagnosis was that I actually have bipolar. Mm. So a whole heap of the drugs they were giving me for depression were not doing me very much good during my manic um, episodes, and I was actually getting having psychotic minor psychotic episodes. Not mm. not and I have had major psychotic episodes as part of that as well. But going back to the appeal yes, process, yep. did you win? Yes. Oh, yeah. I got I got out uh, sooner than I would. I was in there for good. I got out. I got out um, within six months. Within six months. Yeah. All right. I don't know why you're again. I'm Rick Pope Fred, whatever you're called. I'm concerned that you don't seem to understand that there's this whole variety of Jewish people, whole variety of anarchists, like Christian anarchists. All right. Yes. Well, there you are. You know, and so I'm not. Why wouldn't an Orthodox Jewish rabbi be on your side if he felt that you'd been detained unnecessarily? It, and the diagnosis was wrong. It goes against some of what uh, you might expect. And well, I've had my mind broadened. And I don't expect. I usually, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, my mind is far broader than when I was in my twenties. So you weren't in that echo. You were in an echo chamber, and somebody gave you a kick. I was, up the in a, I was brought up as a white middle class um, boy. You know what I mean, and that's so, very limiting. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Well, we own the world, which is true, and we have immense no, privilege. No, 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 But no, it also no. blinds us to many no, things. No, this is this is what this is where I've got to disagree with you. We don't own the world. The world is owned by a smaller group of people, not just mm. white middle class boys. You know, I mean, but that's another debate. I'm here. That to, is another I, debate. I'm not here to debate. I'm here to learn your story. Yeah, yeah. So, what happens to a man? What are you about? 
30, I was in my 20s. 20s. You've, yeah, late you've, 20s. You've got a six-month psychiatric history. You get out. You had a good job. Uh, what happens? Is anybody going to employ you? No. You're that kidding. Difficult. Well, I have a physical disability as well, which uh, is act, acts against me. Well, what, what, what physical disability? I have, a, I have a lame. I'm lame. I have a chronic pain condition, and I'm lame in my left leg. Uh, I, uh, there used to be a place called St... Uh, what was it um, down at Croydon? A lot of my patients used to live there in the bad old days in the seventies for high quadriplegics, you know, because there was no attendant care in those days and there's nobody to look after them. So they were all chucked into this uh, nursing home, and they had their own magazine. And the fact that you said you were lame reminded me of the title. It was called the Gimp City Gazette. <laughs> you like that? They'll make fun of themselves. The yes. Gimp City Gazette. Yeah. <laughs> and they used to put it out every week, this little magazine, because there were about 40 people in the nursing home and they all had quadriplegia and it was, uh, it was a laugh. No, I'm, I like that empowerment. Um, yeah. several, I've been involved in trying to get uh, mad pride. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of mad pride because um, mm. you know, have ment- mental health issues can sometimes give you insight that people that haven't had those issues mm. never have. Mm. Um, and I think we should be proud to be different um, with our psychic, our psychic differences. But shouldn't we all be the same? Shouldn't we be a blamanche? That's that's more like the anarcho-syndicalist view, isn't it, Joe? <laughs> Are you accusing me of being an No, no, I wasn't accusing you of that. Okay, please. No, no, no. There's I, a limit. You know no, that no, I'm no, not. No, no, no. I'd know. get out my ear, wouldn't I? Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd be... I'd have to sue you <laughs> for defamation and I would win. Let's get back to your story. Yeah, yes. All right. Out of the psych hospital, yep. you got a label. Yep. Are you on medication? I was still not... I was still technically de- um, clinically depressed and that was mm. not the right... So I still had... Uh, problems with my medication and with my diagnosis mm. um, and that caused me some issues however at the same time I got quite a bit of money from the uh, reparations for government what had happened to me at the government right. and stuff like that so I succeeded in getting some work cover and some other money and that put me on the line for several courses mm-hmm. and several of those courses had to do with developing myself uh, intellectually mentally spiritually um, which was Good help, good help. I'm happy they have those programs. They could be a lot better, but um, some of the programs they've got for getting people back to work can be quite good. Um, So I wasn't too unhappy with that. That was the Australian Public Service, though. Most workplaces, I understand, can be quite bad. Well, it's different now, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for public service That was was the great days. If you could have hung on to a 55, you could have retired. You know, that's been abolished, obviously. I've got a few friends who've lasted 30 years in the public service and now I look at them and I think lucky bastards but then I think could I have done 30 years uh, in the public service I think I'm like you Pope Fred I would have gone mad yeah well I am mad but it would have been worse <laughs> now getting back so what job did you get after all these courses I ended up being, becoming a cook and I did a whole repart- me. A a cook. Repart- yes. you're lame in one foot you're staying up all day <laughs> Where did you find this? Um, no, it was all, it's all, I, I enjoyed the cooking, as I say. Well, I mean, did you cook sitting down or something? No, no, no. no, I no. Stood, I, I, as I say, I mean, I'm, my, I, have, I am lame, but I have, uh, I'm able to be quite physical. Uh, and at the time, it was, the, the worst thing that's knocked me about physically has been the heart attack. Um, honestly, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Now, I've noticed you've been looking at Kelly, the producer. We're not playing footsie. 
There's no bloody clock in this studio. Oh, okay. She tells me the time. Therefore, I can craft my interview yep. to gain the maximum out of you. So there's no need to look at Kelly. She's not going to disintegrate you. It's all right. She's one of us. All right? Okay. All right. Cook, how long did that last for? I was a cook in various places for about uh, nearly 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, doing one thing, just doing part-time cooking and uh, doing. I did, got to do some scientific expeditions. And Excuse me? Scientific Cooking expedi- for people going out looking for wombats, uh, right. looking for right. reptiles or things like that. That was good do, fun. Do wombats have square poo? Yes, they do. And the, uh, the males have the squarest of poo. Really? They can actually be used for a, by a six, for a six-sided dice. Really? Oh, yes. A six-sided dice. Mm. You have to... Dried in the oven or something? You don't. They're actually quite dry when they come out anyway. Right. I always think it must be very uncomfortable for the poor male wombats. To have a square poo. Yeah. Mm, mm. One of my greatest experiences in my life, no, I'm not going down that path, but another path, was seeing a wombat in the snow ah. two years ago down at, in Tasmania. I could not believe it. Now, that's interesting because I've seen a wombat in the snow up at Mount Buffalo. Mm. And it, I, to me, what I noticed is it was like they were swimming through the snow. Yeah. That's right. incredibly amazing. No, it was, we got something in common. Yeah. That was amazing. I, I couldn't believe it. They were rooting around looking for grass and there was about 18 inches of snow, you know. Just shows how old I am. I used the word inches instead of centimetres. But uh, So, short of a cook, 10 years. Yep. What happens? A uh, variety of things to do with me changing my ideas about life mm-hmm. and spirituality. Uh, part of it involved living for about 10 months without money whatsoever. So I went without work, without money. I squatted, stole power, um, did everything so I didn't have to have money on me and didn't use money and did that voluntarily, living a more simple life. And that did a lot for me psychically and during that time, I got my disability, or after that, I got my disability support pension. Right. So I didn't have to work after that, which is great. How was, old were you when you got your disability support pension? I would pension? have been just under 40. It would have yeah. been about look, look it's, I don't think people realise what a godsend a disability support pension that is. That system is so good. Yeah. Because it's over $500 a week, mm. and uh, there's a lot of... Uh, Positives that come with it. As long as have you been called up and re, been reassessed or anything? Or uh, first, first few, first few years, I did yes, mm, and, mm. and that could be a bit grueling at times. Yeah, you know they they then wonder why you've had had a situation since you were twelve, and then they say well, why aren't you better? And it's like well, no, we've got stuff from the doctor saying I'm not. You know, uh, they, I don't know. Some of it was silly. Since then, I haven't been, I haven't been assessed for um, a good. Eight years well, that's good. now. That's well, good. since the heart, I got uh, a mm. brief thing after the heart attack. So, how long ago was this heart attack? Uh, five, six, six years ago now. So, could, could you tell us what happened? What were you doing? I don't know. You I, don't know. I, what happened is I went to along to my normal psychiatrist's uh, appointment, and he said you're putting on a lot of weight, and I said yes, I do. And then he had a poke of my feet, and said, "You're did you have you have you had a heart attack?" And I said. Not that I know. Mm. So I went in and found out that I had a major... I mean, I was feeling shit. Right. But I thought it was just a matter of depression. Mm. And I thought it had to do... Sometimes you feel quite bad. Mm. Um, But no, my psychiatrist pointed out that I probably had a heart attack. Went to the hospital, found out that I had had a heart attack and that I had had a major heart attack. And then all plugs were pulled and I was rushed all over the place and um, Mm. had tests done and things like that. Um, And they 
still are not certain about what caused it, and it was a major one. Um, interestingly enough, one of the closest things they're talking about is uh, whether it was one of the drugs I was on when I was in the psychiatric asylum. That could be quite quite likely. You know, you're you're a miracle person. You know why you're a miracle person? Silent heart attack. No. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. no. The fact that you had a psychiatrist who knew oh, anything it's... about medicine, that it's extraordinary. Because when you're a psychiatrist, the first thing you forget is your medicine, your basic medicine. That That's just extraordinary. Well, I'm just lucky. No, I wasn't lucky. It, yeah, mean, well. it means this psychiatrist yep. had kept up to date and uh, mm. knew what was going on. And that's extraordinary. You, you were meant... Your goddess, she was looking after oh, you, yes. Pope Fred. I feel that often, mate. Don't yeah. worry. This is, this is why I've become a more spiritual anarchist, mm. is because I've seen it in my life. What, what is spirituality to you? I, I believe that part of ourselves is not strictly rational, that we have a part of ourselves that is irrational, and one of the reasons we have this part of ourselves that is irrational is because part of the universe is also irrational. I don't believe in a clockwork universe like... Um, Isaac Newton or um, Einstein or any of that stuff. I believe in a chaotic universe. Um, some of those theories about chaos theory and chime far better with my understanding of how the universe actually works. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, so is it an intellectual spirituality, not a belief in something outside your own physical presence? I suspend my willing disbelief of certain situations, mm. if that's going to help me psychically. So if it helps me to think of luck as a feminine situation, that's what I believe. Other mm. times I don't believe that. Mm. I try to be very fluid with my beliefs. This is part of being, part of my ideas about chaos and so forth, in that who knows what's right, who knows what's wrong. All we can do go through is a process and hope that the process will get us some sort of understanding of the world. Mm. So I'm not um, so I'm not a scientific anarchist in any way. I like Kropotkin and some of the stuff he writes, but I, I think some of that is misleading. I think part of the, the beauty of anarchy is that it can chat, tap into that understanding that we are irrational beings. We have beliefs that are not strictly understandable. We think things mm. that just come into our minds. And mind is that's why I prefer anarchism to any of those other ideologies because anarchism can cope with that. Yeah, but so your spirituality is an intellectual spirituality. It's not a belief in it, some external manifestation. Sometimes it is. Is it? Yes. Mm. And I, when I choose it to be, mm. I choose mm. to have, for instance, I do literally on a Friday, I go out, I have a hot dog because that's what Eris says we should do. Mm. And for that Friday, often... I feel very much that there is a woman looking over me, a crazy woman mm. sometimes, mm. but a crazy woman looking over me. Mm. I have some of the most immense... Like, but since I've been moving along those lines, Joe, mm. my life has been so much easier, so much simpler, and, you know, it works for me, is mm. all I can say. So, so what are you doing these days? What am I Physically, doing outside, outside your okay. mind. I'm putting out. I'm putting out politiku, which is my little politiku. Politiku. These are political um, aphorisms and haiku that. Uh, just whoa, whoa, whoa! They're big words. <laughs> could you, look, look. Could you explain what you? Okay, just, I mean, don't, don't, don't kind of 
bury me in this crap. Sorry, just, mate. just tell me exactly. Little sayings, little thoughts for the day. Thoughts for the day, I yeah, like that. Yeah, the well, you you copy them from your calendar, do you? Uh, some some I make up, some are given, some yes. I find. Right. Um, I steal them from whenever I can. No, 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 you uh, borrow them. Borrow them. That's right. <laughs> Intellectual property. Yes. And uh, so so and that, that's what I've been. That's my my main efforts over the past few years has been getting collections of those, sending them out. Um, I'm looking at doing a uh, podcast involving. Now, let's go those. back to these collections. Yep, Could yep. You just give us a few that uh, you find of uh, some interest to you. Now, Pope Fred is uh, waiting for Eros to uh, give him the uh, the sign that he's able to continue to talk to you, listeners. Uh, that's the type of man he is. He likes to be told what to do. <laughs> Don't knock it if you haven't done it. There are no coincidences, just patterns we do not see. Um, another good one is art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. And if voting truly changed anything, they would make it illegal. Oh, that's so I think one. you're getting some of the idea of what they're going, going through. And um, yeah, yeah. those that make peaceful protest impossible make violent insurrection inevitable. Uh, you're talking about Myanmar there, aren't you? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, that's... It's all right. It's just a microphone. Yes. You can bash it around. It's all right. Eros won't mind. And um, is this a kind of a legacy media stuff, or is it virtual? Um, it, it's. I'm doing. I'm doing it as a as a um, uh, what do you call zine or a little handout. Now, just what eighties zine? What? A nineteen eighties zine? Yes. They they're back in, are they? Oh yeah. Sticky Institute goes goes great guns, mate. Really? Yes. Well, you stick them up on walls. Uh, no, 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 no. You're going back to your poster days I, when you started off, you know. I haven't done postering for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I met a, a poet IQ was the first person I met who'd done some of these. He's a guy from Memphis in, in America, and it gave right. me the great idea to do little little haiku that are anarchist and right. define them. Um, so he inspired me to do that, and it's been a great, interesting project. Um they're little sayings. They're quick. People can just read them. Um, I've been handing them out. I've handed out over, so it would be 2,000, 2,500 uh, by now, uh, and I intend to hand out another 1,000, and then that project we probably yeah. done. So, so, so when um, you're handing this stuff out, yep. do people think you're a, a religious nut trying to give you a little religious track? Sometimes they think that, I believe. Mm. Sometimes they just think I'm a socialist. Right. Um, because I do do do, do it in Footscray. Um, so, uh, so, well, the thing is, you're not a socialist. You're not asking the money for a man. No, that's right. So that's right. You're more likely to be a religious nut. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and oh, yeah. Sometimes it brings some interesting conversations and stuff like that. It does bring interesting conversations, and that's what it's about. Isn't yes, it? that's right. Well, well, it is in the long run the mm. human interaction that it, that it can that it can develop. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And, and did you anything else? Because I'm sure that doesn't fill in your fault. Okay, I've been running the Anarchist Bookstore for the past twenty odd years, which right. is basically a whole of little zines. And what I was trying to do with that is there are some gaps in the availability of anarchist literature. Um, for instance, I noticed there's a preponderance in anarcho syndicalism. There wasn't very much on on some sorts of spirituality. So I deliberately find tracts. And pieces, not necessarily that I agreed with, but they would fill in that that hole. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to make available as many different types of anarchism in my little bookstore as possible. Mm -hmm. They're all by donation, 
uh, all handed out for free, so I don't I don't have problems with the commercial side of things. And I usually go to big demos with right. that. Um, I used to I used to set it up at Footscray, but COVID stopped that for a while. Might go back to doing that. So that's one of my other projects. I'm also involved in a group called Incendium Radical Library, and we've got a little we had a little space out west. We are now part of a substation. And we've got to we invite people to come out to Substation One Market Street, right? Newport. You're, uh, this is your ten minutes. You are allowed to advertise. <laughs> uh, come only your stuff. Nobody yes. else's. Come, come and see us down there. We're doing a lot of. We're doing trying to do a lot of things. You're basically hang on, hang on. One Market Street, Newport. Newport. When are you there? Twenty four hours a day. No, we're not there twenty four <laughs> hours a day. You, we, we've got our we've got our website still happening on and Facebook still happening, so you can check out our specific so, events. So, so, well, 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 come on, come on. We don't. We can't read your mind. What are the, what's with the Facebook page? What, tell the listeners. IRL IRL Info Shop. That's how you can find us. IRL yes. Info Shop. That's, That's right. And if people aren't computer literate. What time and what day? Are you uh, there? Now we haven't been able to get we haven't been able to get set times open for, yet. Yet we've right. only just shifted in. We've got the library shifted in, right. but we haven't got most of the rest of the stuff shifted. What do you in. mean shifted in? You've got to found a public space. We we've, we 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 had a smaller space um, out at Tottenham, and we basically had to shift stuff from there to the new space at Substation. Right. Oh. So we're still getting all that sorted out. So what, out. you pay a little bit of rent for the space? We're paying, we've got a better rent agreement and we've mm. got more facilities. Oh, right. So we've been lucky with that, yeah. 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 So that's, that's all happening out west. And as I say, um, yeah, yeah, check out ourselves. you got this funny T-shirt. What, what's it's that? It's from Hot Shots. Uh, that, was a, that was a warehouse that we set up. Oh, that was... That was Two or three years ago now, a mm. little social space that we had set up where we had um, had a lot of things like punk geeks. We did some conferences there, workshops, um, exchanges, um, and benefit geeks and stuff mm. like that. That mm. was a really good little project that we had running. It was just opposite VUT in Footscray. Yeah. Right, and that's closed down. That unfortunately is closed down um, mm. due to confusions with the owner and what they thought they were doing is mainly <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, because the space is still not being used. used right. It is a space that we would love to would love to be squatted again mm. in the middle of Footscray, but well, unfortunately, that's the way it all works. Well, on your squat, that's what happens. That's yeah. that's the world. So, you got any plans for the future apart from staying alive? Sorry, I am vaguely planning on staying, staying alive, alive for a little yeah. while anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking at doing a podcast based around the Politico um, idea, just getting some of the Politico together mm. and then discussing what they might mean. And might, we might do do some of that sort of stuff. Um, I haven't really got big plans apart from that because last time I made big plans, COVID. So uh, yeah, I was planning on going over to New Zealand. That's a big plan going that was a to big, New Zealand. That was a big plan at one stage. <laughs> a big plan. Yeah, going over to New Zealand for a while, crossing the ditch. Yes. What you're gonna you're gonna. I was going to go. I was going to be um, at the Anarchist Conference there. Right. And yeah. I had a had a gig set up yep. and uh, space for the, yep. for the table and stuff like that. Mm. Unfortunately, as we all know, none of that happened. No. And uh, I don't know, a bit shy of making any plans at the moment. So, right, right. Uh, and, so, yeah. and, and what are you doing to keep healthy? Uh, basically just walking. Uh, walking and doing stuff is mm. basically all I really do. I do I do my arm rolls, which is my approved um, mm. exercise by my cardiologist. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, basically just uh, uh. walking in everyday life. There's there's not a lot I can do. Unfortunately, I have tachy, tachy, tachycardia. 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 
uh, which means that I I'm, can't do much yeah. much cardio exercise. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to swim, so I've not not got a lot of exercise options. And I'm you know when, when I like look at you, Pope Fred, I think it was all worthwhile. All that struggle to introduce yeah. Medicare, <laughs> a universal health insurance scheme, because I don't yeah. think people realise. The extraordinary amount of resources that have been used publicly, and it's public resources, to keep you alive, you know? Well, I'm grateful for it so far. Yeah. No, no, it is. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of the highlights of us living in this world and, and seeing various national, Liberal National Party governments, especially the Abbott-led government, try to destroy Medicare. Yeah. Um, it was just, uh, was just extraordinary. And the fact that we organised, defend and extend Medicare and we did have some impact and preventing that because as you know when you're sick if you've got to rely on the private sector you're stuffed yeah. i mean you know how much a private psychiatrist costs a minute at the minute it's at least 250 it must be more than that now i'd say no, nah, 250 a minute now a minute oh no a minute a minute oh no i don't know no man. Uh, it's up to uh was it five i think it was a dollar every 12 seconds that's the cost of a private uh. psychiatrist. So how are you going to keep healthy? Well, I walk around Footscray. That's one thing that I, that I do. Yeah, well, you um, get knocked over by a car. Just doing, just doing, just doing performance poetry. Performance poetry? Yeah. Can you do performance back. poetry? Yes. Oh, give us an example. I didn't know you were a performance poet. You've been speaking for 55 minutes. Off you go. Okay, this is a piece. I, I, I'm going to give a bit of a warning before it that um, there's a warning for it. Okay. All right. This must I'm be Pope the ABC. F- this is the ABC. Yes. <laughs> I'm Pope Fred going off of my head about some shit that I read about the cop in my head. Don't lie in bed, get mad instead, and do something about the cop in your head. Kill the cop, kill the cop, kill the cop. In your head, kill the cop, kill the cop, kill the cop. In your head, the world is one big panopticon. Look at your rights, they'll soon be gone. With mandatory sentencing, it won't be long. Before you'll become a lifelong con. You don't need to try to build a bomb. You don't need to try to do great wrong. You don't need to try to see who's wrong. <laughs> Before the authorities come along and bang you up just singing a song. You've got to kill the cop. Kill the cop. Kill the cop. In your head, kill the cop. Kill the cop. Kill the cop. In your head, don't don't consume what the small screens spew. Don't believe what the empty voices say to you. Try thinking something new. Give Facebook a bad review. There's nothing left to do but think it over. The last piece in the puzzle is you. Fill the cup. Kill the cup. Kill the cup. In your head, kill the cup. Kill the cup. Kill the cup. In your head. Right. Now, with a few fluffs, I'm sorry. It's still, a new, still all new. Right, all right. Look, I'm, I'm an old man. I'm a bit confused. What's this cop in your head? What are you saying, that self-censorship is our main problem, or what? It's it's not just self-censorship. Mm. It's the fact that we don't anal- analyse that self-censorship. Mm. Whenever whenever you start talking about whether you're censoring yourself and you phrase it in the terms of it's the cop in your head, you start thinking disturbing thoughts. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to think that you are, in fact, censored in one way or another. And, in fact, that is, to me the word censorship is all, where, where people will not even voice their opinions. Mm. Um, it's, the next, it's the next step along from what's going on in Hong Kong or Burma or those sorts of places where you're not even prepared to think that mm. there is a problem with society. 
Yeah, it's a little bit like uh, Eric Fromm's Fear of a Freedom, where you've got the cartoon character who's just been unchained, and he looks at his chains and he grabs them and he goes, "Oh my God!" You know. <laughs> All right, look, it's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you, Pope Fred, Rick, Eros. I don't know who you are. It doesn't really matter. You encapsulate the universe. Uh, I'm honoured to have you on this program, and hopefully your insights will have an impact on the uh, three listeners we have. <laughs> thank you very much, Dr. Joe, and thank you for all you've done for the anarchist community. Well, I try to do things for the whole community. Thank you very much, and thank you for your uh, positive uh, interaction. It's been a great uh, hour, and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed it, and hopefully you've given them a kick up the butt and they'll do something positive. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.